and welcome to the On an Adventure podcast, the show where I talk to magic content creators to learn how magic has impacted their lives. Today, I'm joined by Misha Migo. Misha is a cosplayer and is the winner of both the MTG Minneapolis and MTG Vegas cosplay contests. She won the Minneapolis one with her Slimefoot cosplay and her Vegas contest with her Rakdos cult member. We talked a lot about cosplay. Um, we also talked a lot about food and her relationship with her husband. And we also talked a ton about Fire Emblem. She is a big Fire Emblem fan, as am I. And we had so much fun talking about our favorite characters in, in that franchise. So I hope you'll enjoy if you would like to support me, you can do so at patreon.com slash looter underscore scooter, and you can follow me on Twitter at looty underscore scooty. Without further ado, hope you enjoy the episode. How are you doing today, Misha? I'm doing great. I've had a good morning. Uh, went out, did a little bit of Uber driving, so uh, that's always a fun way to start the day. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been driving for Uber? I've been doing it for... I'd say about two months, but with this last month being, you know, Vegas, and then I basically took a month off just to, you know, make the costume, uh, I'd say I'd been doing it for like a month and a half, and then I took a month off. <laughs> sure. But yeah. So today yeah. was the first day back in a long time. Nice. Do you generally enjoy doing that? I actually, yeah, I... I'm a very big people person, if you couldn't tell. So mm -hmm. strangers getting in the back of my car and they're like my, uh, you know, unwilling hostage to talk to. Um, it's great. I love it. <laughs> I no, the, I it's it's totally. I, I'm not weird. I'm not one of those weird Uber drivers. I I promise. Maybe a little mm -hmm. bit, but not like they tip me. So I mean, they must be having a good time, right? <laughs> yeah. I. It's funny because I'm also a people person, but. When I'm getting like an Uber or a Lyft, I'm not talking to my driver. Like, nah, I just, I'm just, I just can't. I just can't. No, that's, that's totally, totally. I have, I have a lot of people that get in and I'm like, oh, how's your day? And they're like, fine. It's like, okay. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll turn up the radio. I usually try to find something that's like a good mix. Fits in the tantrums has been my go-to lately. It's just mm -hmm. good vibes. And it's like, we can just, you know, cruise and jam. And then you got the people that it's like, tell me all about your life. And it's like, yeah. okay, this is going to be a fun trip. It's, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's funny though, whenever I'm like at a con and like a group of us are taking an Uber to like a restaurant or whatever. We usually like get in a conversation and then like the driver starts talking to us and like they're just in the conversation. So it's it's always one of those things where like if I have people in the back and they're talking, like depending on what they're talking about, I might be like, Oh, I have a slight input, but then it's like, oh, this is something I definitely don't want to get involved in. Uh, <laughs> I've had some people like in the backseat, like fighting, and then like one of them will like try to pull me in, and I'm like, oh God, I don't want to take sides in this. Oh, and then oh, I'm like, no. you know, I, yeah. So like there's times where I'm like, yeah, here's a little tidbit of advice or like input. There's other times where I'm like, mm -mm, mm -mm, you can't get me to say a word. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. I am a neutral party. I hear nothing. I see nothing. I am just your means to your destination. Yep. Uh, I am blameless. I did nothing. I'm not taking sides. I don't know which one of you this is in their name. So uh, I don't want to, you know, if I'm going to get a tip. I don't want to say the, like the wrong person's like side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. That's, that's another good point. 
gotta look out for number one and that's always me no yeah <laughs> <laughs> always prioritize yourself yeah definitely <laughs> i it's also funny because i don't have a car so my main means of transportation is either walking to like the grocery store because it's like a 15 minute walk from my house or mm -hmm. uh i'm not going outside <laughs> those are my options yeah i <laughs> I, I I obviously have a car, but gosh, uh, after Vegas, I left my house one time, I think, in this past week. I went to the gym, and I was like, okay, I did it. And then I came home, and I'm like, not leaving again for like another few days. So in a way, me going out and Uber driving this morning was like, I just need to leave the house. You haven't hmm. left the house in how many days? Wow. You should go outside and touch grass or just yeah. maybe get in the car. That's also yeah. acceptable. <laughs> yeah, leaving your house pretty good sometimes like like i know the touch grass is a meme but like it, it it's kind of like a good thing to do is to just not be stuck in your house all day and like you know leave and go do something enjoyable take a walk i don't know just drive around town aimlessly like who cares yeah it, it was funny because uh i went and took the trash out on i guess wednesday no, today's Wednesday. Monday. Monday is trash day. I know my days. Um, uh, yes, days and times. Uh, they exist. Monday was trash day, but I like walked the trash out and I was like, oh, it's cold. How long has it been cold? Weird. <laughs> but yeah, I, I went and did Zumba on Saturday. That was that was something. Uh, I like I like doing Zumba. <laughs> Gosh, so I want to say the first time I ever really did Zumba was um, back in college. Uh, they would sometimes do like just um, classes, random fitness classes. And I think I went and did one. And I was like, this is a good time. You know, somewhat easy to follow dance. Um, okay. But yeah, I've, I've loved doing Zumba. Uh, you it's I'm very hard to get motivated. So like, you could say like, yeah, let's go to the gym. And I'm like, nah, that's, I don't want to do it. But if you say yeah. dance, okay. Group fitness, dancing, you got me. I'll go. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm very similar. I'm like, I don't want to do like an actual workout, but like if I'm doing something I find enjoyable, that just also happens to be physically active, I'm in for it. Yeah. Like. Solo sports, not my thing. Team sports, absolutely. I Back in college, I used to do like a lot of, well, even in high school, I played tennis, which I always like doing doubles because it's more fun, you know, when you have a partner. Um, yeah. I I actually, even I guess even in middle school, I played on like the boys uh, football team. I've always been really into contact sports too, because I'm a, I'm a beefy, I'm a, I'm a bit beefy. So uh <laughs> Back in middle school, um, I was I hit puberty before a lot of the guys did, and so I was like, "This is fine. This is fine." <laughs> I was real good too. Uh, yeah, I I was actually pretty good. I was actually I was a, a right tackle, so I was like on the line. I oh. wasn't a receiver. I was actually like, "You're going down." <laughs> so like. <laughs> yeah, and then then I went to college, and you know I loved doing um. I did a lot of, uh, what do they call like, just for fun. So I did like, you know, flag football there. They don't let you actually tackle people. But I did do a semester abroad in Brazil. When I went down to Brazil, I actually played on a Brazilian rugby team. What? That's That awesome. was full tackle. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I was pretty good at that too. Um, that was Rio rugby. That was a fun time. And then uh, um, later on, more contact sports. I actually got really into roller derby for a while. So okay. you know, wow. tackling so on just, skates. Yeah. There's a trend. The yeah. trend might be violence, but there's a trend. It's also just increasing <laughs> levels of violence. Like you, you have football, and then you have rugby, and then you have roller derby. Yeah, it wasn't until roller derby, which, funny enough, uh, it wasn't actually doing roller derby that I broke my leg. I was I went out on a Friday night, like open skate with friends. And my friend and I were like, let's try roller disco. And that's how I broke my leg. I wasn't even oh. like hitting somebody. I was just trying to like look cool and do like roller dance. And that's what, <laughs> you know, took me out. Oh, my hubris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure you thought you were like, yeah. yeah, I've done roller derby. So like I can like balance. Like I might not look the coolest, but like I'm at least not going to hurt myself. <laughs> and then just. I mean, I thought I looked pretty darn cool until I broke my leg. I, 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 we all have those moments. We all have... It went very downhill very fast. Yep. It was one of those things where, like, I was holding my friend's hands, like, crossed and, like, we're spinning in a circle. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't skate without knee pads. Why would you? You know, pr protection, everyone. Even if that protection is knee pads, elbow guards, wrist guards, you know, be safe. Um it was just one of those yeah. things we were spinning and I was like, oh, I'm going to fall on my butt. Why would I fall on my butt where there's no pads when I can fall on my knee pads? So I tried to twist and fall on my knees. I just didn't fall on my knees. I fell and broke my ankle. So <laughs> I guess moral of the story is sometimes just fall on your butt. You're, it like, hurts less than breaking your ankles. Yeah. Like, you, it, it's funny because like, I babysit for like zero to two year olds a lot. and like. Mm -hmm. One common thing is, if they just fall on their butt, it's fine. Because, like, their butt's just basically a giant cushion. Like, it's it's fine. Yeah, and they teach you, uh, you know, in roller derby, pick a cheek. Should have just picked yeah. a cheek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's <sighs> that's I never thought, like, you would be into, like, contact sports like that. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I really enjoy a good contact sport as long as my legs breaking is not part of it. Yeah, that's, I think most people who enjoy contact sports would not like their legs to be broken. Yes, I, most, most likely. Uh, so have you done like contact sports like since you broke your leg or like since it's like healed? Um, I did try to get back into roller derby, but, and, and I've skated, it's just, there's a lot of mental hurdles after breaking my leg that it's like, oh, I'm very afraid of breaking it again. So um, I did try and I've gone to some practices um, and it's fun, but I've definitely got that like always thing in the back of my head of don't break your legs again. It was a real bad time. So I've definitely that's I think that's why I've kind of gone more toward like Zumba. The chance mm -hmm. of leg breaking is a lot lower when no one's hitting you. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely toward, like trend more toward like dance fitness, you know, something active with friends. You just, you know, the violence level has gone down considerably now. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, maybe one of these days I'll I'll get back into roller derby. But for right now, I'm I'm sailing. I'm sailing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like why? Hey, you can just like get it to pretend fights with cosplays. That's. Yeah, I'll I'll just pretend my violence. No, nothing yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, the violence is implied. Yeah, I I did recently. Um, a friend of mine asked me to play on their like uh, just recreational volleyball, and I I got real into that too. Like, <laughs> volleyball apparently has a lot of like hidden violence. Like, it hurts your arms. You can hit the ball yeah. real hard. I just got to get better at aiming. I think if I get better at aiming, I'd be happier with volleyball. <laughs> yeah, the volleyball ball is like it's really light when you feel it, but when that thing is flying at you fast, it kind of hurts. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if you're not paying attention, like you get pegged right in the nose, like feels oh, bad. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've had that happen a few times <laughs> to me. So yeah, been on the receiving end. Yeah, volleyball's been fun. I um I'd like to maybe get back into tennis. I know that when I played in high school. Um, I asked my coach if I could get knee pads because uh, I was real into like diving for it. And he's like, you shouldn't need those. You you should not be doing that. So maybe I'm a little bit too into non-contact sports being semi-contact sports. You're just, you just want to add contact to every sport. You know, where where's the flair yeah. in your sports? <laughs> How can it be fun if it's not at least partially violent? Yeah, there's no danger. I'm not interested. <laughs> wow, that I feel like that's a motto for my life. There's not danger. I'm not excited about it. That's, I think it's a motto for like a lot of people's lives. Like, is it a healthy motto? Maybe not, but uh, <laughs> some I think some amount of danger is healthy. Danger is the spice of life. Yeah. Well, like I mean. Like, it's like why people enjoy roller coasters, right? It's like feeling like it's dangerous when it's like, in reality, not actually that dangerous. I, you know, I do enjoy a good roller coaster. It's funny because um, <laughs> I haven't been to an amusement park in a really long time because uh, my husband, he, bless him, he cannot do roller coasters. And it's not because he's scared of them or anything. He just, he tenses up so bad that like the last time I think he got on a roller coaster he pulled a muscle because of how tense he was on the roller coaster oh my and, god and so like we just don't we just don't do amusement parks because he hurts himself in his confusion on roller coasters <laughs> that poor man I love him so much but that is not his thing <laughs> wow I when you say he doesn't he can't do roller coasters but not because he's scared i thought you were gonna go the motion sickness route but no I, what well, yeah you know we do have a little t like hint of motion sickness like honestly mine's gotten worse as i've gotten older but like no like i'm the type that i'm like i'll puke and rally because it's fun he, yeah him on the other hand he just tenses up tenses up no, so bad that he pulls muscles that's awful <laughs> So it's awful and it's funny, but we just we just don't do it. We don't, Scott Scott just says no. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> um, I mean, I also haven't been to an amusement park in like four years. Not that I hate them. I like roller coasters, but it's just like I don't have the time to do that. They're also 
they're just so expensive nowadays. Like yeah. the cost of some of these just entertainment things has just gone up so incredibly much that it's like, could I be going having a nice dinner and like seeing a show for half the price? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not going to potentially have to throw up or have my husband pull a muscle. <laughs> like, you know, the, the benefits outweigh the negatives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, the negatives of nice dinner plus some movie or whatever is like, not the movie's boring maybe that's like the worst thing that can happen that movie yeah like yeah the there's like really the floor is like pretty high like whereas like i feel like an amusement park like it could be a real low floor for the experience oh yeah (laughs) i've definitely been on the the low floor of amusement parks before same i i went to so i i grew up i don't know if i ever told you but i grew up in kansas city and there's a there's a um, amusement park nearby called Worlds of Fun, and as like a uh, big birthday thing growing up, my mom would get my sister and I. Uh, there's it's Worlds of Fun and Oceans of Fun is the water park that's attached, and you can like switch back and forth. So that was like usually our big um, birthday present since our both of our birthdays are in June, and we mm-hmm. would basically just do that for like fun times during the summer. And yeah, I I remember plenty of visits where it was just like. You know, everybody, I also, I don't know if you can see how white I am. Um, yeah. Summertime, being outdoors. Um, yep. I got sunburned a lot, really bad. So, and also just, I'm also very squeamish and, you know, I didn't used to have bad motion sickness, but that doesn't mean other children didn't. So mm-hmm. if I ever saw like another just random person throw up, I was usually throwing up not because of my motion sickness, but just because mm-hmm. I'm. I'm very weak. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very weak mentally. <laughs> That's fair. The last time I went to an amusement park was my my senior year in high school. We there's like a senior trip at the at the mm-hmm. end of the year where you just go to, we just go to Six Flags. Um and this so this is like like mid early mid May. And in Illinois, it's basically summer. Like, it's just, it's already summer. Uh, I had... Oh, yeah, <laughs> n- another Midwesterner. I, I'm, I'm yeah. right there with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that day, before we left on the trip, I was hanging out with my friend. And we were just, like, chilling in my house, in my bedroom. And I, like, literally got a heat stroke. Like, just while in my house. It was that hot. No. <laughs> And so I'm like, this sucks. And so I didn't bring a jacket or anything. And we get to Six Flags at like eight at night. And we're supposed to be there until like two in the morning. And it is cold. (laughs) It gets really cold. Mm Mm-hmm. And so in the same day, I am going from literally passing out from a heat stroke to it's so cold holy crap why is it so cold oh gosh yeah oh the the just like the midwestern seasons how you can get all four of them in one day that yeah i totally Uh, know what you're talking about how you can be dying of heat and then freezing at night oh yeah it's i don't i don't miss that yeah that's (laughs) Yeah, Midwestern weather is not, I don't like it. It's not great. 
Do you do you prefer being mostly hot all the time or mostly cold though? Mostly cold because you can add you can always add layers. But like if it's too hot, there's a certain point where you just can't take off more clothes. You can always add more clothes, but if you're just like in a tank top and shorts and you're hot, there's nothing you can do about it. You're just going to be hot. I I completely agree with you. For me, this might be like a weird thing, but seeing as I, I used to have to work outside all the time. So I do prefer being cold because of that exact reason. But I hate like snow because I hate when my feet get wet. It's I hate just like wet. having wet feet. Yeah. Like that's just one of those weird things. I'm like, oh, if my feet are wet. I'm having a very bad time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So I definitely... In- Enjoy being cold as long as it's not like snowy and my feet are dry. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. The other interesting thing is I'm more resilient to heat than I am to cold. Hmm. So like if it's really hot, I'm like not going to feel it as much as if it's really cold. But like if I am feeling hot, it's so much worse than if I'm feeling cold. I definitely get colder a lot more now. Um, Like, yeah, I just, when it's colder, I definitely feel colder. But I I actually had heat stress for the first time, what was it, last year? And mm-hmm. I, it was like something I had never, like, felt before. Like, I've, I've been really hot. I've gotten horrible sunburns. Like, I've done that. But I was working and... um. I, I used to do geotech work, and so I was actually watching pile driving, where they have giant diesel hammer hitting metal straight into the ground. And so we were in an area that, you know, under the sun, you have this diesel engine basically above you. And so it got real hot, and it was like the end of the day, and I was like, oh, I just need to get through the last few counts of this pile driving, and then it's time to go home. Well, within like the last 10 minutes of the day, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I don't feel so good. And I like yeah. felt like nauseous, and I was like what's happening and yeah I, I figured out later like that was um you know a heat stress indicator as soon as they they luckily the people I was around were like "Ooh, she's not doing okay <laughs> and they yeah. went and like found like a like an emergency ice pack and like cracked it and like put it on my head and like immediately felt better but yep. yeah it's I think I'm definitely more susceptible to heat stress <laughs> yeah. now after having that experience yeah, it's funny because when I like had that heat stroke, I was, I didn't, I thought I was just having a normal panic attack because I just had panic attacks a lot in school. And my friend, yeah. who she like felt my forehead, she was like, no, 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 you're really hot right now. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she was like, where is the nearest ice pack. I'm like, it's in the freezer. <laughs> and she was like, okay, cool. And she just runs downstairs to grabs, grabs an ice pack and just put, and yeah, immediately felt better. Yeah. It, and it's, it's weird for me. It was weird how like sudden onset it was. Cause my experience, it like, it was just like really quick nausea. Like I was just like, I'm going to throw up. Like, why do I have, all of a sudden feel like throwing up? I haven't drank any water or eaten anything. And it's like, oh yeah, you haven't drank any water or eaten anything. And it's hot, and it's like, oh yeah, the, you know, the stars start like aligning, and you're like, yes, yes, it's all coming together, but in a very bad way. <laughs> it's like, 
It's like the, why do I feel so bad? I haven't eaten since breakfast. Oh, right. It's 8 p.m. And oh, I haven't yes. eaten since breakfast. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It, bodies. Bodies are weird. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, come on. Like, can I just, like, not have to constantly have food and water? Can I just, like, function without it, please? Like, it would be so much easier. Yeah. Like, even, so even today, um, I realized while while I was out driving, um, I I had two cups of coffee. Like I had the one like the iced coffee I'd made for me myself this morning, and then I had lunch with Scott. And I was like, "Ooh, another coffee! They got something special. Let me try that." <laughs> and then I was driving. I'm like, "Why do I feel like I'm about to have a heart attack? Like, why are why is my blood pumping? Like, ooh, this is a really weird feeling. Like, huh?" And I was like. Oh yeah, you have not had a single drop of water or anything other than caffeine today. That might be why you're sweating. <laughs> just just a little bit, yeah. Caffeine mm -hmm. tends to to make your heart rate go up. Just a yeah, little especially bit. when you don't dampen it with anything other than more caffeine. <laughs> yeah. what, what will make this better? More coffee. More <laughs> Wait a coffee. second. So are you a big coffee drinker or is this just like a, you decided to treat yourself today? Um, I'm a big coffee drinker with the caveat of I drown it in creamer. I only drink coffee as a conduit for creamer okay. and other sugary substances. Okay. You're one of those people. <laughs> I'm, I am not a coffee connoisseur by any means. Uh, just to put that disclaimer out there. I will drink whatever garbage coffee as long as you drown it in something sweet. Yeah, I, I found out that's the only way I could enjoy coffee. And at that point, like, why am I drinking coffee? <laughs> if it was socially acceptable just to carry the bottle of creamer around and drink it, I would. <laughs> that's a good point. You get more dirty looks when you do that, though. <laughs> that's a, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, fair. Has Scott come downstairs and seen me just sipping on creamer out of the bottle because I'm the only one that drinks it and gotten, like, real big mean mugs? Like... Yeah, I absolutely have. Yeah, I'm a big tea drinker though. I do like tea. Tea is tea is my jam. But coffee, uh, uh. I I need to start drinking more tea. Like even if it's just like black tea, just for just for flavor. Like I I I actually I guess I've gotten really into drinking uh, just water with like crystal light packets, you know, mm -hmm. that way I'm like, okay, I'm hydrating. It's tastes sweet, but it's, you know, not really sugar. And so that's been my main source of hydration in a somewhat healthy way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just drink water. Like I just, I'm like, it says water. I don't need sugar to make it taste good. I'm just going to drink water. <laughs> If I'm dying, I'll drink it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, I, if I've if i gone, like, you know, eight hours and I've been eating a bunch of really dry crackers and I'm just like, moisture, then I'll drink some plain water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I... 
I just I have like such a big like craving for sweets all the time and I feel like that's the only way to get me to drink anything is even if it's not real sugar if you can just trick me and make it taste sweet I will probably drink it (laughs) that's fair I I could definitely relate to that like I have a pretty big sweet tooth too like Sweets, sweets are just yeah, good. I, right? God, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> After we got back from Vegas, uh, Scott got like this big package of double stuffed Oreos, and <laughs> I had like zero chill. It, they were gone within two days, and I was like, "Did I eat all of them?" He's like, "I definitely had one of the three, but I think you ate the full other two. And I was like, "You need to stop bringing this stuff into the house, man. You know I have no like, yeah." no restraint yeah i i also have like no impulse control when it comes to like soda or cookies or chips or whatever so i just i don't buy them i'm just like if it's not in my house i'm not having it i am the same way i just scott does all of our like he does the cooking and most of the grocery shopping and so i'm like Mm -hmm. i'll look in the fridge like why have you done this i'm like thank you but no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thanks for enabling my problematic behavior but also <laughs> i'm gonna enjoy these cookies i love you and i appreciate it but why are you doing this to me you know me <laughs> <laughs> he does good too he does get like those prepackaged salads and i do eat those so like there there is the other side of i will eat healthy if that is also available but i am more inclined to also offset it by eating an entire thing of oreos all in the same day. Yeah. Like, you just, you just gotta do that. You know, sometimes it's one of those days that's only solved by just eating a pack of Oreos. I feel like I'm way too much into that treat yourself mentality where if I just walk downstairs and I'm like, treat yourself. And then I walk back upstairs and I'm like, ooh, there's more Oreos. Treat yourself again. <laughs> um, at, at a certain point, you should actually stop treating yourself because you've done it too much it, it no longer becomes a treat and it now becomes a yes that, that is that is perfect for <laughs> me but yeah it, it, it's a habit until it's gone and then it's just uh, sadness i didn't need all those oreos i made ice cream like a few months ago and uh I ate that ice cream so fast. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I can, I can make some ice cream. Sure, why not? I don't want to go to the store and buy ice cream. I'll just make ice cream at home. It's easy. Was it just vanilla or did you like it's... get crazy with it? I, I had chocolate. But yeah, it was okay, chocolate okay. ice cream. Because ice cream, I learned, is just really easy to make. Like all you need is like heavy whipping cream and sweetened condensed milk. And that's it. And then like whatever flavor you want to add. And that's it. That's ice cream. But then you also have to like whip it, right? Or like Yeah, I mean I have a oh. I have a I have a machine to do that. I don't use I don't hand whisk it. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. I was gonna say I, I do not have I guess we technically have like the like the whi- I guess we do ha- I don't do the cooking in my house if you couldn't tell. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, I guess I do have that kind of machine. I just don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I made made ice cream, and I I made way more than I was initially planning to make. I just, like, 
I don't remember where it went wrong, but I just accidentally added too much heavy cream or maybe too much condensed milk or something. And I was just like, oh, this feels like two big uh, like Tupperware containers full when I only meant to fill one. Oops. You know, as Bob Ross would say, happy accidents. That was a big happy accident because I ended up with, you know, (laughs) twice as much ice cream as I was planning to, which that's just a win right there. Yeah, I think I think it was a win win. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I devoured like all of that ice cream within like a week. <laughs> you know, it's gotta get used sometime. <laughs> like, some t- it can like stay in the freezer for a while. <laughs> like, it doesn't. Yeah, I guess with ice cream, that that does have a little bit longer of a a shelf life. But it, but it was delicious, right? It was worth it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was good. It's it's very good. It's it's definitely worth it. <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe would have been more worth it if I ate it more spread out over time instead of like as fast as I did yeah gosh I feel like that's me with a lot of leftovers um we we had a friend over let me think what what are the days of the week again Tuesday Tuesday wait no it was Monday it was Monday (laughs) gosh dang it why are days of the week so hard uh time is fake right time is fake it's a it's a man-made construct that's confusing for some men and women and people in general. Me being one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> um it's, anyway, Monday <laughs> we had a friend over cuz uh we're we're going to try to hopefully buy a house in like the next 6 months. Please let it go down in prices. Uh, but a friend, the friend's a real estate agent, and so she came over, and Scott made dinner, and he made this delicious, like, it wasn't really Cajun chicken pasta. It was just, it was seasoned, it was some kind of chicken pasta. And we had like a for people who don't know what spicy food is. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> it had peppers in it, but it wasn't overly spicy, because he knows I'm a big spicy baby. And I can't, I can barely handle (laughs) fresh cracked black pepper. So he knows me. I know. I complained once about mac and cheese at a restaurant being too spicy. And he's like, that's literally just pepper in there. And I was like, okay, well, it's too hot for me. Um, So yes, he he makes very plain pasta because he knows me and that I can't handle anything more than that. But it was like a, even after we ate, it filled up like a huge Tupperware container and yeah, that was Monday. Today's Wednesday. Um, I ate the rest of that Tupperware container, I guess, for Yesterday? breakfast this morning. Oh, okay. Well, I don't think he ate any of it yesterday. So like it was oh. it was all me that ate it. Like I thought I think that's what I had for breakfast, lunch, and dinner yesterday, and again for breakfast today. And I was like, oh this is fine. Pasta for every meal is fine. There's definitely worse things you can have for every meal. True. True. It was very good. It was, he's such yeah. a good cook. I am so spoiled. <laughs> yeah. I am uh, I'm learning how to cook because it's a useful skill in life. Yeah. He, um, I watch a lot of cooking shows. Mm-hmm. In theory, I know how to cook. In practice, practice, you know, yeah, he sometimes will be like, can you cut this thing for me? And it's like, yes, I can 
I can do this particular task, but when it comes to like flavoring and just doing stuff, I leave that to him because he's much better at it than I am. Yeah. Have you ever like, um, have you ever asked him to like teach you how to cook like your favorite dish? Um, I don't think I have. That also requires me to figure out what my favorite dish is. I'm usually okay. happy with can, like anything okay. he makes. Okay. It doesn't have to be your favorite dish. You can just be like, what do you want for dinner tonight? Can you, like, what, like, what you want for dinner tonight? You know, ask him to teach you how to cook that. Well, I mean, some of the things are pretty easy. Like, we eat a lot of, like, you know, tacos and chili, Mm -hmm. which it's like, let's just put the chili into the, like, pressure cooker and leave it. So, like, that type of stuff isn't a problem. And with tacos, depending on the type of meat he cooks, if it's, like, ground beef, like, I can do that. It's more mm-hmm. when he gets a little bit, um, like he'll sometimes make like, um, like some like these Asian chicken, and he'll like make his own spices for the chicken. So, and then I'm also not to be trusted on how long to keep meat in the pan because uh, I will keep it in there until it's very overcooked. So, like he yeah. he'll usually he'll cook our steaks and everything, and he does a really good job at getting them. At like the right temperatures so i think it really comes down to i just can't cook meat i will overcook every piece of meat you hand me because i just have no sense of time i'll either overcook it or undercook it because i'm impatient oh, yeah okay that's okay that's at least you know kind of where that struggle is yeah i i also am really bad when it comes to seasoning things um one of his favorite stories to tell our friends about my misadventures in cooking is uh, when we were like first dating and I was at his place, um, he was, his sister and brother-in-law were there and he was like, oh, I'm going to make a pot roast for us. And I was like, okay, cool. Cause I grew up kind of poor. My mom worked all the time. So my sister and I usually, my sister usually cooked when we were kids cause she's two years older. But uh, in my mind, I guess pot roast, um, I'll, I'll just finish it. Start, Scott has like the pot that like the, the, um, the crock pot and he pours mm-hmm. like, what was it? Like beef stock in and he's like cutting up vegetables. And I was like, when do you put the water in? And he's like, what do you, water? What do you mean? When do you put the water in? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like I, I say you put some beef stock in, but like, when when are you going to add the water? And he's like, it, there's beef stock. And I was like, don't you just fill the pot up with water and then you put your vegetables and meat in and a little bit of pepper? And he was just like, have you literally just been eating boiled meat for pot roast? And I was like, I thought that's what pot roast was. And so he thought he, he loves telling all of our friends Aww. that, oh, Misha just ate boiled meat for the longest time. And it's like, you know. Yes, I did. But that was also the best pot roast I ever had was the first time you made it for me. <laughs> yeah. Who who would have thought beef stock made a huge difference oh, in yeah. making pot roast? I think we all have those stories of like when we're like when we've like always done something a certain way and someone teaches us a better way to do it and you're just like, wait a minute. Hold on. That's <laughs> Yeah, for me it was like the light bulb turned on and I was like, "Oh my god. Yeah. You can use something other than water?" Yeah. Yeah, um boiled meat's not that great. No, I can't imagine it is. 
I guess that's why I always slathered it in so much gravy because I needed a little bit of flavor. Oh, yeah, 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 that, that would, that would do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, I just, you know, I was very uncultured in the way of food growing up. I was just like, as long as it's cooked and you can eat it. And then uh, I met Scott and I was like, wow, there's so much more to like fine dining as yeah. in beef stock and more than just salt and pepper on things. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what's, wait, there's more seasonings than salt and pepper? What? <laughs> you know, I'm really white. I'm so white. Like <laughs> seasoning. What's that? I don't know. <laughs> seasoning. Yeah. That's salt. That's, that's salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i'm I'm very fortunate that scott is also somehow white but knows how to season things <laughs> yeah my 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 parents are too like <laughs> my dad my mom both were huge into spicy food they loved 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 spicy food so i just grew up eating spicy food <laughs> gosh i i don't know what happened to me like my like growing up my mom she loved like really spicy salsa and like peppers honestly this is gonna this is probably really bad parenting she my mom was not the best parent I'll, I'll put that out there but um okay. if I ever like back talked and like there was a punishment she'd be like go up go grab a pepper from the fridge and that would be my no! punishment if she would make me like eat hot peppers because she knows like I couldn't handle spicy stuff and so that was like I was like, oh no, I don't want to oh, go no. grab the pepper. That's awful. <laughs> yeah, not not great parenting in there, but um No. Yeah. My <sighs> Yeah, my parents never did that. I like I, I, I did have friends who whose parents did that growing up. And uh, I was just like, if my parents told me to do that, I would just I would just eat it. I like spicy food. <laughs> Uh, I'll eat a red pepper, sure. It probably wouldn't taste that good raw, but like, eh. oh, she'd be like, "Go grab a jalapeno," and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna die!" And then I'd like, I'd be like crying. I'm like, "Oh my god, the peppers!" <laughs> See, it's funny because I don't. Oh like gosh, the yeah. I don't like the taste of it. It's just not. I have. It's not the taste for me. Yeah, like I did. This is this is also probably terrible. Uh, in order to like build my uh, tolerance to like peppers up, when I was younger, my mom would buy banana peppers for my sister, and I was like, if I can eat the banana pepper, the jalapeno won't be so bad. <laughs> and those banana peppers were still pushing pushing the limit for me. Oh, ooh. that's yeah, yeah. My parents just built up my tolerance to spicy food by just cooking spicy food <laughs> and i liked it <laughs> my sister liked spicy food like for her eating jalapenos like like put them on all the nachos and i was like oh god make sure to keep those jalapenos on your side of the nachos if we're sharing <laughs> <laughs> yeah right it was like people eat these for pleasure huh <laughs> <laughs> It is funny though how like jalapenos and like other peppers are spicy kind of so that humans don't eat them and then humans are just like nah <laughs> it's good 
I, that is hilarious. Like, this is our mechanism for safety. Yeah. Yay. And it's, it did not work. It not only does it not work, it kind of backfires in a way. Right? Like, humans just came and said, actually, how about we cultivate more of you just so we can suffer for our own pleasure? Yeah. <laughs> humans we're a we're a weird breed (laughs) oh yeah humans very strange some some that's what the gift of knowledge is yeah (laughs) the gift of knowledge both a blessing and a curse (laughs) especially like magic players magic players are very weird (laughs) yes (laughs) i it's funny that you say that. Uh, it just makes me think back of, so before Vegas, I went to Commander Sealed, and that was actually the first time um, I got to meet Jordan LeBlond. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've met or talked to Jordan. I have not yeah. met her. Wonderful person. Her. Love her. Yeah. yeah, I I had very briefly like had like some un- online interactions with her prior to Sealed, but that's when I met her for the first time in person, and... Uh, that Sunday after like the event ended, I ended up kind of having like a slumber party with her and Bobby Christine, and we were mm-hmm. just like chatting and like talking a lot. And <laughs> at a certain point, Jordan looks over at me and she's like, "You're kind of weird, aren't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, um, I get that a lot." Um, and she was just like, "I like it. I dig how you just like you know own your weirdness." And I was like, "Thank you. I I try." <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny because when I first met you at Okotoberfest last year, I kind of got the same vibes. Like, this girl's weird, but I love it. You know, if that's the impression I can give people, I'm I'm happy with that. <laughs> it just it just cracked me up that she just like was like, "You're a little weirdo," but I dig it. Yeah. I mean, I guess also because, like, I guess I was also thinking you're kind of weird because my first interaction with you with is you in a Fibblethip cosplay, which yeah, that would make anyone look weird. <laughs> yeah, I've I've just owned owned that I'm into the weird stuff in the magic, you know, in the magic community and probably just outside. I'm just I'm just a weirdo all around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's cool. Like, I think your weirdness definitely like it has like character to it i'm i'm glad i i try i try to be that like kind of humble welcoming kind of weird like oh it's so weird it's cute type of thing like that yeah. i guess that's the aesthetic i go for that's that's the vibe i definitely get for sure <laughs> yeah i I, I think that's what one of the things I love the most about magic is like you you get such a like wide variety and you know there's something for the people that are like oh I love the cute stuff or ooh I like the you know spicy sexy stuff and then you know get the stuff that's like ooh that's violence I love that and then you just all get, get the people that are like I just want the weird stuff show me the weird in magic yeah. and I definitely fall into that category more than any of the others. <laughs> Yeah, I want to see. I want to see that fibble fit because he's just a little goofy little guy. Just a little guy. Yeah, I actually. Yeah, he's actually uh, in my drawer right next to me. <gasps> oh my god! Yes. 
<laughs> always always ready to pull out the eyeball. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, uh. That cosplay was so good. Like the Fable Flip cosplay was so cool. It you know, no matter how much I love like uh Slimefoot and the new Rakdos costume I made, you know, Fibblethip is my first magic costume and one, it's also just super comfy. Like, mm-hmm. you can just run around in that thing. It, I think Fibblethip will always be my favorite, even if it was, like, the most low-effort, cheapest one I've made. You, he was my first, and I yeah. you never forget your first. <laughs> yeah. So, wait. So, have you been doing, like, cosplay outside of Magic before that? Or was that, like, your first time doing cosplay at all? So I, I had been dabbling in like cosplay for a while. I, I actually was probably like 2017, I think. Um, yeah, it was like 2017, 2018. Cause it was right after I broke my leg and I was like, well, I can't do sports anymore. And so that's <laughs> a, that was when I joined this Sailor Moon cosplay group in Kansas city. Um, they were just like starting off. And so I was like, Okay, I mean, I've always I've always been a big anime nerd. Like grew up watching Sailor Moon and, you know, just that stuff in the morning and loved cartoons and stuff. Like huge Scooby-Doo fan. Like I was, I've always been like big into cartoon and like adult animation stuff. And so when I saw a Sailor Moon group was popping up, I was like, maybe this is something I can get into. I had never really dressed up or made any costumes, but it was like we're a group of people that, you know, we want to, you know, just wear Sailor Moon costumes. If you don't have any experience, we'll help you. And so I was like, okay. So I joined this group. Um, they needed a Sailor Mercury. Uh, I will put the disclaimer, Jupiter will always be my best girl, but I do love <laughs> Sailor Mercury as well. She's relatable. I'm a nerd. She's a nerd. So I was like, okay. They had a Jupiter already, but I was like, I'll be, I'll happily be the Mercury. And so uh, I remember going to this really small convention in like central Missouri um, and my very first costume was it, the school uniforms for Sailor Mercury. Um, I made the skirt. It was not very good. Um, but I, yeah, so I made her skirt and I made like her little like collar and just bought a wig. Her hair short, so it didn't really need any styling. And yeah, so that was my very first cosplay back in, I think that was like early 2018. And then... After that, um, they helped me make like her actual Sailor Scout uniform. So that was like my second cosplay. And yeah, so I started off doing Sailor Moon stuff. Um, that group eventually um, fell apart. But then I, uh, I took a big break after that because it was, it was definitely not a very amicable falling out. There were there was a lot of drama. And so it kind of put me off from cosplaying for a while. And then I moved a few times too. And then when I moved out to Virginia, um, I kind of was like, I kind of want to get back into this and uh, made some friends out here. And I actually got into Fire Emblem. I started playing the games and really enjoyed playing those and started doing Fire Emblem cosplays with some friends. and that kind of reinvigorated my joy of cosplay. And I actually didn't um, make a lot of those costumes. I paid and commissioned people on Etsy to make them for me. So there were like some things that I definitely needed to alter when they came in, but I hadn't really 
made a lot of pieces. I'd, I'd done like little pieces here and there for certain costumes, but my crafting was very rudimentary, like be it the foam work or sewing skills. Um, so Slimefoot was, I guess Fibblethip was my first time like making a costume, but even then like the blue bodysuit um, was airbrushed and even even the eyeball i just took like a glasses piece and i just painted i literally cannot see except for like out of the periphery oh so you know <laughs> so like if i put it on like my head like slightly up here i can see out the bottoms right so like that helps but like you know there's even some things with fibble thip that <laughs> fun fact i uh this is my feet I took fake nails, painted them slightly black, and then like hot glued them to my feet. Um, <laughs> the first mistake I made was I tried using super glue the first time, and I was wearing socks. Uh, I oh, literally had oh to no. rip the socks off because they super glued through. So you know, cosplayers they <laughs> they figure out what they're doing along the way, and they make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of mistakes. So yeah, I guess Fibblethip was like the first costume that I really kind of like finagled together but even that um when you start off with a blue bodysuit like you're just making additions to it so yeah. slime foot was like my first full-scale build and that was a huge undertaking took me like three months and I'm very lucky that it, one of my local friends is a master level craftsperson and was like well if you're gonna do foam building like this is these are the tools you're gonna want to need you're gonna do this and do this and I was like cool so I had someone like to mentor me through the process and it was just like all right I think I kind of know what I'm doing and uh they helped me with some patterning and you know just just a lot of teaching me so I I told a lot of people that doing slime foot it almost felt like cosplay boot camp because I went in with a very like base level of I know that you use this type of foam um, yeah. I did not know how to properly adhere it to each other. I, I didn't know that contact cement was like the best thing to use. And my friend's like, are you using hot glue? Stop that. What are you doing? I'm like, I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing. Um, so it, it very much was a huge learning process and they taught me so much. And even with my Rakdos outfit, because Slimefoot is pretty much all foam work and crafting and there's a little bit of sewing, but pretty simple on the sewing side yeah. um but then moving to the Rakdos costume I'm lucky that my friend is also a like master level sewist and they were like okay yeah. this is going to be a very sewing intensive thing so let me teach you like these sewing skills and um let me walk you through it I I literally felt like every time I sewed like a a single line uh I would like sew it pick it up walk it over to them and it felt like I was having like my mom grade my homework like does this look okay and there were times where it was like you know this one the lines on this one are a little wonky but you know no one's gonna see that it looks okay and then they'd look at me and be like you need to go rip that one out right now <laughs> and then I'd be like oh, shoot okay and then go back seam rip it and then try it again and so it very much felt like please check my homework and there were quite a few times where it was like I got the thumbs down and had to redo it. <laughs> so how long did the, the Rakdos cosplay take? I wish it were longer, but Wizards <laughs> only gave us a little over a month, like five weeks from the time we got the assignment to the time of the convention. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I told you that I went to Commander Sealed. 
So that right. kind of like knocked so, a week off of my work time. So I ended up making it in just over four weeks. Wow. I have never been so happy to be unemployed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that would, that certainly gives you a lot more free time. Yeah, because I, like, I, I, I stopped Uber driving during that month um, because I knew that from the time I woke up, I was going to need to be doing some sort of crafting and, you know, working on certain things or even if it was just trying to like watch tutorials, like how am I going to make this um, elastic waistband, but I only want it to be elastic in the back or like certain things like just watching like how to videos on a lot of stuff or yeah. So it was, it was a not only a huge learning process, but lots of trial and error, lots of just like, okay, uh, I originally, for my like oversized magnifying glass, I found a large magnifying glass at Home Goods with like an, an actual magnifying lens. I was originally going to use that, but then when I took the top part off, the lens fell out of like the metal casing, and then the lens itself was like probably a solid six pounds, and so I was like, I don't know what to do to you know put this on foam that will actually hold it up that's not the metal casing it has now fallen out of and so I ended up pivoting away from that so like you know sometimes you have one direction and then you gotta gotta go a different direction because your <laughs> magnifying glass falls apart yeah <laughs> you just have to like improv it you're just like all right cool like guess I'm doing something else now yeah, I, I feel like that's just a huge part of cosplay is like your adaptability. Like sometimes you think you know what you're going to do and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to go, you know, fire ahead on this certain idea. You get halfway through it and you're like, this isn't working. This is not happening the way I thought it would. And I've got to pivot and you you figure out something different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's very cool. That's crazy. That has only took a month to make. Yeah, you know, there's some things if you look closely, you're like, ooh, that could be a little bit cleaner or, you know, this, maybe those lines aren't the straightest, but from a distance. I was saying, like, <laughs> from all the photos that I've seen of that cosplay, you can't, you can't see any of that. Like, Yeah, and, you know, I, I honestly am ex extremely proud of it. Like, those shorts, if you were to look on the inside of the waistband, does it look a little rough? Yeah. Does the outside look great? It sure does. And does anybody going to need, no one's going to see the inside of my shorts. So yeah. that's, that's a me problem and me alone. <laughs> yeah. Was it like a comfortable costume to wear and walk around in? It actually is pretty comfy. Um, the shirt's just kind of like a normal shirt. The corset, mm -hmm. um, I didn't, you know, lace that thing up too tight. So like I could move around. Um, the shorts stay up. I think the only thing I might want to change about the shorts is that the um, leg holes, I have elastic bands on those, but I must have messed up something with my measurements because uh, they fully are stretched when they fit my leg perfectly. So, like, I definitely needed to give myself a little bit more elasticity in the legs because mm. um, they're, they're, they're kind of tight. They're, yeah. They are very tight. <laughs> Um, yeah. but even that, like, um, yeah, there's just a couple things that I'd maybe change, uh, the little leg actually, have I put them away? Oh, they're in the other room, but like my little, um, leg, like calf 
pieces, the straps on those, a uh, little too tight. Did they cut off a little bit of circulation in my legs? Yeah. Were they wearable? Yeah. Um, I might have, they might have hurt, my legs might have hurt for a few days afterwards because they were overly tight, but, you know, sometimes you just gotta get something done, and if, if it works, it works. Yeah. So, I wouldn't go back and fix that now, but, uh, it worked for the time being. But yeah. overall, yes, it's a, it's much easier to wear than slime foot. It's not as yeah. comfy as fibble thip. That's what I assumed is slime foot sounds pretty awful to, to just wear and walk around in. But <laughs> <laughs> with, with slime foot, um, something that, you know, obviously when I have it on, people can't see my face inside. So they don't realize that the shoulder part that it's attached to kind of pulls it backwards a little bit. Oh. My face is literally like pushed up against the front of it. <laughs> so like when I'm in there, I'm like literally like this is what my face kind of feels like in the slime foot costume because the back part's kind of pulled back on me. So when I'm talking to you, my face is all up in the front of that costume. <laughs> what did you see in that cosplay? Did you like have like a... Um like a visor or something that like so um there there is a piece of like plastic mesh so what i found out um thank you furry tiktok is that if you use this black like uh plastic mesh you can actually spray paint it um i did have to go back through and use like a needle to like poke some of the like holes that it the spray paint covered out but it works really well for, you know, covering and making it look um, pretty cohesive, but also giving you visibility out of it. Mm. So that's what is in the front of it. And there's actually like three panels. So I can see pretty well, like my proof, like all the way out here, I'm a little blinded, but like I can see from basically this to this, it's up and down. That's actually a little bit rough because mm. I can't see like too much lower than my nose so <laughs> i can see side to side decently but looking straight down i definitely uh needed a handler to help like make sure that i wasn't there wasn't something like directly in front of me when i'm walking <laughs> right yeah huh was it also but, very hot in that costume because it's I, I imagine it would be very hot it it's not super well it's a little hot on my head. I actually even have fans, like ventilation fans that hook up to a like power bank that go in the back of it. So that helps like keep the back of my head cold. My face <laughs> is like smushed up against the front. So um, the front of my face got pretty sweaty. I won't lie. I, that was the worst case of acne I think I've had in 10 years after wearing that costume oh, all no. day because I got so sweaty and my face was smushed. It was a little rough. Um, so... It gets a little hot in the helmet, but as far as like my body, uh, it's like a kind of like a spandex bodysuit. And then I just had like pieces on my shoulders, forearms and hips. So those parts are, I was actually pretty comfortable. Um, it's just the headpiece that headpiece yeah. and shoulders that gets a little like awkward and sweaty. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> If, yeah, if I if I rework it, I definitely want to kind of readjust the way the shoulder piece goes on because 
if it's if it wasn't pulling back so much, I don't think my face would be as smushed and it'd be a much more pleasant wearing experience. <laughs> right, right. That yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, do you have any like plans for things you want to cosplay in the future? I do. <laughs> so I was actually working on a costume for Vegas prior to them um, giving us like a new assignment. Um, I was in the process of making Space Jace. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> so that that was originally what I was going to wear to Vegas was um, was Space Jace. I, I have most of his costume. I'd say he's about halfway finished. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this sparkly blue fabric that I had used for like a goddess sailor mercury like cape thing before and so i repurposed that and i was making like a kind of quilted pattern for his space suit and i bought a one of those like cat backpacks that have the like clear see-through thing and i was gonna fill that with lights and some stuff and make it look like a little jet pack and then i bought these um like toy bubble guns so i could run around with like bubble guns as his lasers like just blowing buzz bubbles in vegas and i actually one of the things i do have here in my office with me um i'm not going to use this because one i'm actually really terrified of trying to cut it and two it's kind of heavy but i originally bought this giant orb to put like (laughs) as like my helmet this also won't break down so i don't think i can fly with it because it's hard acrylic yeah um yeah it's like a fishbowl so uh, i'd I'd literally be wearing like a fishbowl on my head um i ended up buying something different it's a little cheaper looking but you know it it comes apart it's plastic i don't have to worry about it cutting me if i try to put it around my neck you know things people should be worried about (laughs) yeah Um, as as you do when you just Put on your normal clothes. Yeah, worry about your clothes just slicing your neck. Yeah, is this thing that's going to go around my head going to cut me in the neck where I have, you know, lots of blood vessels and arteries? Um, You know, valid concerns. Uh, so I bought a different helmet thing that I'm going to use instead. But yeah, I, I'd been working on him and I had him about halfway finished when they were like, oh, hey, how about you make this thing for Vegas for this competition? And I was like, okay, uh, I guess I'll put a pause on him and I'll wear him for something else. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's one of my upcoming plans is to finish Space Chase. Mm-hmm. So, for that cosplay contest, you said, like, they gave you an assignment. What was that like? So, it... God, it was so stressful because in my head, like, I had heard some whisperings, like, oh, they might want the winners to do something for Vegas and you know with it being almost just a little over a month out i was like oh i guess they're not going to do anything or if they were going to do anything it would just be asking us to rewear the costumes we made and wanted like Mm -hmm. that would make sense and wouldn't be you know too much of an ask for us to do so like i'd already like kind of chalked that away in my head of if they ask me sure if not no big deal i've got space jace i've got plans So when it was five weeks out and I get this email that says, hey, do you want to participate in this thing? I was just like, uh, like, I literally in my head, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get something done. Like, 
yeah. do I like, but how do I, how do I say no to this amazing opportunity? Right. And so I literally like had the panic of, I, I actually called Scott and I was like, I, I was out of town that weekend too. And so I was like, do I do it? Do I not? Do I do it? Do I not? Like, and he was just like, just do it. If nothing else, um, you're making a costume. They offered to basically reimburse my supplies to make it. And so yeah. I was like, if, if nothing else, even if you make something that's totally crap, like free costume, just do it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I do huh. love that he told me that like, even if it's real shit, like just do it. That's, that's good advice that I think a lot of people just need to hear. Like, even if, even if like you do something and you fail horrifically, like just do it. Who cares? Yeah. And so I... I emailed them back and said, yep, I'm interested. And they're like, cool, here's an NDA. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, sure. you know, they send me the NDA say like, okay, uh, we're going to show you artwork from a set that, you know, hasn't been released yet. Once you sign the NDA, we'll send that over to you. And then it took a few days and they finally sent that over. And they're like, okay, pick a... I'm, I'm pretty sure I can talk about this now. We've already worn the costumes. Um, yeah. They're like, pick one of the... Um, it's weird because behind the stage, they said, do not use the term guild. So I don't know what's going on, but they are moving away from using guilds as a keyword. Okay. But they basically said, pick, pick a guild. Uh, you cannot have the same guild as one of the other contestants. So let us know that your first and second choice, first come, first serve. And it's just like, oh my God, okay, okay I've got to like figure out which one I want to do like ASAP so that I get my top like choice. And so within like an hour and a half, I was looking through all this concept art and I was like, okay, I don't want to do this because I've done something similar already or that's not my style. That doesn't feel like I can do something showstoppery. And I was like going through all of these things of like, you know, I like this design. How feasible is it to make? I like this because it gives you a little bit more creative freedom. And they basically the prompt was um, make a detect a guild detective using the style guide that we're sending you. Okay. And so in my head, um, and they, they basically said that we could do something that we see in the style guide, like, cause they gave us some character art, no, mm -hmm. no named character is or anything like that. Just like, you know, designs for cards of like unnamed characters. Like you can do something you see in here or you can just do a free concept and design it yourself. And so looking through, like I got, I definitely was like, okay, I'm inspired by this or this, but nothing really like hit me as like, I have to do what I see. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I think Rakdos, what I saw here, it gives me the most creative freedom. I think I can do something like over the top showstoppery. And so, yeah, within an hour and a half, I was like, Rakdos is my first choice, but I think Boros would be a cool second choice. Red's my favorite color. So like, yeah, yeah we're going to go hard into the red. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then uh, another three days passes and they're like, okay, you got Rakdos. Go, go <laughs> get at it. <laughs> nice. Nice. That I, I love how you're like, yeah, I want like a over-the-top flashy showstoppery cosplay. And Rakdos is like the perfect guild for that. Like, they are over-the-top flashy showstoppery. Like <laughs> Yeah, if if anything, I am definitely out to entertain. Like that's I guess that's one of my big things is that 
as long as I'm entertained, I hope that I'm entertaining others. And when I was looking at options, I was like, Rakdos is always entertaining. Like they give me dark carnival vibes. And I was like, "Mm, what if I mix in like kind of a magical girl design with it? Dark carnival (laughs) magical girl. That's entertaining. That fits me. And I just, I felt like I could really infuse like my own personality into it and like really make it just me. Yeah. (laughs) Like if my, if my artwork behind my head doesn't give you like dark carnival, red, black vibes, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's, that's true. And I bet like you're also like going through like if you know you're entertaining others, that kind of then feeds into your own entertainment of an activity. Yeah, like I I definitely feel like when I go to cosplay a character or do something or make something like it has to be something that I'm going to enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not having a good time like wearing it or, you know, enjoying like whatever it comes from. I'm not going to have a good time like showing it off to people, you know, like I, yeah, I want to enjoy, enjoy it as well as everybody else. Right. And like, yeah, that like, that kind of makes sense with just in general, you should like prioritize things you enjoy rather than things other people enjoy. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's very easy to lose like inspiration if it's not something that makes you happy. Like if mm-hmm. I'm working on something and I'm like, why, why am I even doing this? Like, it doesn't make me want to keep going, but if it's something like, God, this is such a hard, like for me, I was like, why did I decide to make a corset? <laughs> this was a horrible choice. This thing is like, that was the, that was by far the hardest part of this thing. But I'm like, this ties the whole thing together. You're going to put some jingly ass bells on the bottom of it. So you're going to jingle as you walk. Like you just got to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it got me through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That just finding that one thing that just is like, this is the thing that I have to get through. And then everything else is easy. Yeah. Like, and it's funny. Cause, uh, as I was like working on stuff, I so I made the cape and my cape also has bells all along the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And as I was finishing it, because I that was obviously the last part because I had to hand sew all those bells on once it was made. I was like walking around my house, just like flaunting my cape <laughs> around, almost like flapping like I'm a bird. And I'm just like, haha, I just I'm jingly. I'm so jingly. And my husband's like, oh, my God, did you really have to put all those bells on there? I can hear you all the way upstairs. And I was like, yes, that's part of the like, that's part of the, the like entertainment is you don't even need to see me coming. You can hear me. <laughs> so yes the bells were necessary oh yeah 100 100 the bells are necessary like <laughs> he, he absolutely hates it i know i know he hates it <laughs> it does it's it's fine he, he doesn't have to like it like it's it's for you it's not for him <laughs> he just looks at me he's like why are you so extra you are always extra and i'm like would you love me if i weren't <laughs> yeah it I I don't like having met him. He's definitely like not extra. Like like not not to say like it's a bad thing, but he is not extra at all. And it's very funny being around you, who is very extra. We we are definitely part of those like opposites attract. Like don't get me wrong, he is a total weirdo. He just doesn't let you know it until you've known him for like two years. <laughs> he is uh he's very we we are the introvert extrovert like come together it took me like a year of courting him 
and he was a difficult he was difficult he was so difficult but like yeah I was I was the one that had to like go after him and be like please just date me he's like stop being so clingy I'm like please no uh I would never do that again uh we're married and if anything ever goes wrong never putting that much in, into something again but I love him dearly and he takes yeah. wonderful care of me but boy was he hard to you know, <laughs> nail down <laughs> Like I just love that when it's like two people together and they're just you're just like, how did these two these two people are just like the opposite of each other? Like what what is this? Yeah, I, you know we we really came together over our nerdy hobbies. Like he's super yeah. into D and D, and I don't think a lot of people know, but he's actually the one that got me into playing Magic. Because mm -hmm. uh, we were. Like, I had met him when I was working out in Virginia, and we both found out we were both from Missouri. We were like, oh, what a weird coincidence. But um, <laughs> I actually uh, went back to live in Missouri afterwards, and we just kind of stayed friends, but we played video games together. And then eventually I was like, do you want to date me? And he's like, no, absolutely not. And I was like, fine, I guess I'll just keep uh, keep bothering you, playing video games with you, wear you down over time, which did work, but, you know, maybe not the best way to go about getting a partner. Um <laughs> he was like playing he was playing arena all the time and i was like what is this game like if if i have to learn a new game just so you'll like play it with me i guess i'll do that and so i started playing arena i did the color challenges i almost gave up trying to do the red color challenge because i didn't understand that you could activate card abilities like multiple times and i was like it's impossible i hate this game and so i i eventually just looked up some tutorial like how to finish the color challenge and i was like oh okay that was a lot easier than I thought. But yeah, so um, needless to say is that uh, because I wanted him to pay attention and play games with me, I started playing Magic. And now I am much more into it than he is. <laughs> I feel like that usually goes somewhere where you're like, I have a friend who is interested in this hobby and they want to get me into it. And you either end up just not being into it like you only do it to hang out with this friend and then but like you're not ever actually into it or you get way more into it than than the friend and it's just like wait what what has happened here yeah scott was definitely like mm, i'm just a casual magic player i'll play commander sometimes on spell table with like friends back home or you know do some stuff and now i'm like this is a huge part of my life. This is my whole personality is magic. And he's like, oh my God, what kind of monster have I created? <laughs> That's always the reaction to it. It's like, what have I done? <laughs> Why did yep, I do this Yep, that's us. <laughs> I just, I, I would love to know what he's thinking of just like, what would he think of if he went to past, past version of him and be like, if you teach this girl how to play magic? She is going to get so into it, and she is going to like do cosplays and go to conventions and shit. Like, what would he think? I just <laughs> honestly, we were joking because, like, even just like going to Vegas, and he's like, he was saying, he's like, if you would have told me ten years ago that I would be at a Magic the Gathering convention in Las Vegas and I would be at a party where Elijah Wood was DJing <laughs> I'd be like are you on drugs like that's I would never do that and then it's like mm, well maybe well, here we are, here we are. <laughs> this is our life they they don't call it cardboard crack for no reason yeah so 
you know, I'm just going to take a gamble and say like, he wouldn't believe it. Or he would be like, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. That's, I I think the same thing for me, if I went to 14 year old me, who's just learning how to play the game or 13 year old me, who's just learning how to play the game, been like, yeah, this is going to be coming into your life for the next nine years. She'd been like, I would either like believe it instantly, be like, oh yeah, this is all the tracks, or I would just be very skeptical. I I don't know which. Yeah, I think if you would have told me, like, because since I only started playing in 2020, if you would have told me in 2020, like, you're going to start playing this card game and it's going to become a huge part of your life, and I'd be like, I can believe it. I know myself. You do some weird things. You hyper focus on some weird, weird things. And uh, (laughs) yeah, you you know, roller derby was your life for a minute. Cos like Sailor Moon cosplay group was your life for a minute. I can see some weird card game you've never heard of being your life for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That that tracks for you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. When I was 13, I didn't really have like that, that super big hobby that I hyper focused on yet. So I was just like, I didn't have that past experience of like, yeah, this is a thing you you definitely could do. <laughs> Honestly, I I don't I didn't really have that until after I got out of college. Like, I want to say like all through schooling, it was just like, God, just get through school, do whatever you can to get through school. If you have something that makes you happy in the meantime, I guess I did hyper focus on playing this competitive risk game online for a minute in high school, but that's a weird time of my life. Um, um, you know, now that I look back at it, yeah, you hyper-focused on playing Risk Online for like a solid two years. So maybe this is in line with your interests and hobbies. Impressive. I've I've never finished a game of Risk in my life. I think I've started like four. Have never finished any of them. I would never play the board game. The fact that uh, the version online that's no longer even like a, a website uh, just allowed me to click on all the things and it did all the dice rolling in like a matter of seconds. I would wow. never play a game like a board game version of it because I'm like, I know what goes into this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tried playing the board game every time. <laughs> Yeah, if if they still have any kind of digital client, I know the one that I played back when I was like 13 is no longer around, but uh if they made some new one like you know, I wouldn't do it now because I know myself and it's like you don't you don't need another weird like obscure <laughs> hobby. Um you did this once, you don't need to do it again. But yeah. that that's the only way you could get me to play risk. I also like that's why I can never see myself getting into Warhammer, which is great because that's an expensive hobby. Oh, yeah. But like, there's just so much dice rolling. Yeah, I I kind of have the same thing of like I don't want to get into X hobby because I know I'll hyper focus on it. And for me, it's Final Fantasy fourteen. All my <laughs> friends, not all of them, like most of my friends, play Final Fantasy fourteen, and they're like you would love this game. Like, you would have so much fun. You, like, you love, like, you would just love this game. I'm like, correct. You're right. I, that's the problem. That's not a, (laughs) that's not a good thing. I honestly, I think I would be the same way with the Final Fantasy games, because, like, I love Kingdom Hearts. I really love, I've been getting into the Fire Emblem games, which is 
okay. But Final Fantasy, I feel like is like that next step. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> so you can definitely play like the earlier Final Fantasy games, like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Those are like kind of like on pace of like Kingdom Hearts and Fire Emblem. But like fourteen, that's <laughs> that's a that game is fourteen's like lot. that next level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like the, the older okay. ones are like definitely definitely kind of on par with that. Um I grew up on okay. like Final Fantasy X, Chrono Trigger, Super Mario RPG, like I grew up on, on JRPGs. I love JRPGs so much. See, I I didn't like I think I remember like original PlayStation like when I was really young, maybe mm-hmm. like playing a Final Fantasy game, but I was too young to figure out how to actually do it. And I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> and then when I got a little bit older, I started like I had, you know, the PlayStation 2 was my jam for the longest time. But yep. I was super into games like Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank. And I did love the Kingdom Hearts games. Yep. But I feel like that's not exactly in the same vein as like the Final Fantasy. Like it's like overlap, but not quite the same. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're like different they're definitely like different genres of games but yeah i guess like in the style of like is this game too much if you get into it as a hobby nah you can play like final fantasy like 10 okay or whatever just once and like you're like there's a definitive end to the game <laughs> okay cool i i will have to try some of those because i'm <laughs> i i still need to beat the end of fire emblem engage because uh mm. i i play I played it right up till the end and now I've just been grinding out supports because I'm one of those like completionists Uh, where I'm like, Ooh, I need to make sure I see all of their cutscenes when it's like, just finish the game. Just get it over with. You've been putting it off for months now. I, yeah. Fire Emblem. I've not played engage. I played, um, awakening fates and three houses. Those are the only three that I've played. See, I have, I've, I haven't played fates. Three houses was my first fire emblem though. Uh, so, don't play Fates. Uh, is, is my <laughs> advice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I I started with three houses, and then I got um, what was it like the three like the three hopes the warriors type game? Oh yeah. Where you just go in, it's like the hack and slash. Yeah. I put way too many hours into that, but I was <laughs> I have very much become like a weird completionist when it comes to gaming, and I get very upset now when I can't do that. And so I put like two hundred ish hours into Warriors so I could get like everything in there. And then uh, a friend of mine loaned me their um, was it like the 3DS, and so I went back and played Awakening after, and I was like, oh okay, this is fun. And I think me playing Awakening after Three Houses, with it being a little bit more lighthearted, made me enjoy Engage a lot more. Because I know a lot yeah. of people really hated Engage. And I was like, you know, yeah, it's a very different vibe than Three Houses. But if you went straight from playing Awakening to Engage, I don't think it would have been that much of a jump. Like, they're both kind of lighthearted. They have some serious notes. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just easy to please. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Which um, which house did you did you do in three houses? Oh, I'm a golden deer all the way. That's yeah, that's fair. You you have 
done Hilda as a cosplay before. Like, the, yeah. Yeah, when I when I saw that the house leader, like before I even knew anything about the game, when I saw the three house leaders, I was like, okay, sad white boy, uh, kind of <laughs> stuck up white chick, and like the kind of a uh, fun, handsome, you know, non-white one. I'm like, he yeah. seems fun. He seems like the most fun, outgoing, fun-loving type character. I think I could dig his house. And I did. And they've they've stayed my favorite the entire time. Have you played through the other two houses? Okay. Yeah, I I gave all three house like Golden Deer were my first, but I did give all three houses a go and the Golden Deer are still my favorite. Nice. Yeah, I did Black Eagles. Kind of the same thing as you. Didn't know anything about the game, just saw the three house leaders. I looked at Edelgard and go, yeah, this girl could kill me. And I would like definitely be into it. <laughs> I like how that was like your deciding factor is like, oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, the murder, the murder lady. I'm just, I'm just a raging lesbian. Like that's, that's it. That's, that's my vibe. Just, just give me a hot girls. Who I can appreciate me. that. Like, <laughs> and that's also why I like Hilda for like the same reason. She'll just do it with like a giggle and a smile. Yeah. Like, ha <laughs> ha. Yes, Hilda is my best girl. Um, one thing that I think a lot of people um, might not agree with me on is they'll like either uh, stand Hilda and Caspar, or some people are like, yeah, Hilda Claude. Not I'm Hilda. a big Hilda Balthus. I think Hilda and Balthus. <laughs> I, I think they are really the OTP. I think Hilda's just a lone girl. I I don't she she doesn't need no man. You're right. I just I love my big stupid men and Balthus fits that category perfectly. That's very fair. Very fair. I I think it's just my self insert. I love Balthus and I love Hilda, so <laughs> put them together. That's and then there's also point. I guess there's also like the family ties where Hilda's brother and Balthus are friends where it's like Ooh, my brother's best friend. I love him. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so I uh I, I might have Hilda and Balthus charms because I'm like, mm, they're they're my personal favorite pairing. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I did not play the DLC or I didn't I didn't get the DLC for, for the ass, so I'm like, I don't really know too much about Balthus, but like everyone I've heard says he's just like kind of like big dumb guy, but like in a charming way. He 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 literally is like mostly shirtless. He's a gauntlet user. He's always brawling. He yes. uh he likes to gamble, but he's real shit at it. Like he loses all his money all the time. He's always in debt. He's like the most Oh god. He's just a train wreck. Like, if you can just imagine the biggest train wreck and then you give him some gauntlets, that's Balthus for you. And wow, do I like, do I like that? And my video game men, not real life, not real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and my video game men, I love the big idiots. They're my favorite. Yeah, like same, same here. Like, yeah. like, I want women who would murder me. I actually want women to murder me, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. It's the same, yeah. same, same thing. Yes, I, I love my big dumb, my big idiot video game men. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what Balthus is, is 
you know, but he does love his family and uh, he tries not to cause too much problem for his friends, even though he is a train wreck and he brings that everywhere he goes. Aww. <laughs> guy. What a guy. <laughs> He's a mess. I love that about him. I can fix him. No, I can't. <laughs> I can fix him. No, you can't. No, you can't. He's such a mess. Oh, my God. But Edelgard is not my favorite character in, in Three Houses, though. Dorothea is my favorite Ooh, character. Okay, who is your favorite character, then? Dorothea. I love Dorothea. Her entire vibes are just me. I'm just like, yes. Like, absolutely. But I mean, a lot of people ship Dorothea and Edelgard, so I think it's perfect. That's also true. I don't know. know. Dorothea's perfect. Like, she's just (sighs) absolute, like, lesbian energy right there. Like, just... Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and she's like, you know, while she is like the most amazing opera singer, she's like so self-sufficient. Like, however yeah. many times she's like, oh, yeah, people tried to kidnap me and I had to put them in their place. It's like, yeah, yes, yeah. girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, girl. Like, she's just like all i I love me an independent woman that don't need no man and could probably kill quite a few men as well yeah exactly like she's just like would be like the most like sweet flirtatious cute girl and then she's also like a badass who just like could absolutely kill any man who tries to hit on her (laughs) yep and then she she's ready to go back home and have girl time with the friends and lovers yeah Hashtag goals right there. No, I... Mm-hmm. Love Dorothea. Yeah. <laughs> so when you did Black <sighs> Eagles, did you do... Did you side with Edelgard or, with, or against Edelgard? Ooh. I think... I think I did the first... I think I actually played through twice as Black Eagles because I wanted mm. to see both sides. See both? The okay. first time... I I think the first time I did it, I sided against her because I wanted to see the church route after I'd already done like the uh, golden deer route and seen like kind of that side. So I wanted to see the church side. Yeah, that makes sense. I refuse to do silver snow. I just, I can't. I just, I refuse to do it. Like not just that I don't want to betray Edelgard, but also like, I just can't stand Rhea. I just can't. I'm just like, no, just no. Not me looking in my closet at the Rhea costume I purchased (laughs) from someone. (laughs) Okay, no, no, no. That's a cool, she's definitely like a cool looking character. I just like, nah, uh uh-uh, absolutely. I'll admit, I I don't. (laughs) As a character, like, she's gorgeous. As a character, I definitely prefer her more, like, as Saros, as, yeah. oh, spoilers, <laughs> if you didn't sorry, know, Rhea is Saros. Yeah, sorry, spoilers for this game. That's, like, what, four, <laughs> but, five uh, I, I definitely prefer her as, like, old-time, like, badass warrior Saros, yeah. as opposed to, like, 
oh, let me be the church and let me like, you know, destroy anything that might lead to progress or reveal any old secrets. Like I, I don't enjoy that part of it, but she, she's she's very pretty. She got a cool outfit. Yeah. Also like I'm used to JRPGs and number one rule of JRPG story is if there's a Pope or like a Pope equivalent character, they're the villain. They're always the villain. You don't that checks out. Trust, you don't trust them. You just you don't. That's like your the characters will trust them, and it always turns out bad. So I'm just like, yeah, no, I can't. I can't trust this girl. I just can't. That checks out. I mean, she did kind of put you know a certain stone in a baby and did some See? very questionable ethic things. Like she's just not a good character, or like she's a good character, not a good person. She there's there's a lot of gray area around Raya. Yeah, but yeah, I did I did Golden Deer and I did Blue Lions. Uh, I had fun with both. Golden Deer is very fun. I I did really enjoy Golden Deer story. That was very fun. I Dimitri's story is just so depressing. It's so Why is he just like the most depressing white guy out there? Oh. Yeah, you just can't help but feel bad for him. Right? Like, get this boy a therapist on the double. He needs it. He needed it 10 years ago. Like, oh my god. Like, poor Dimitri. What is it about Fire Emblem men? And it's just like, I need to fix this guy, but I know I can't. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like there's very few male characters in Fire Emblem that don't need a lot of therapy, and the ones that don't are mostly in the Golden Deer, like yeah. you know Raphael, Ignatz. Like I think they're okay. Like they're okay. Yeah, they're just they're just vibing, just chilling. Yeah, Lawrence, he could probably use therapy for his own narcissistic problems, but like yeah. in tra- like in terms of trauma, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Like tracks, like the game is about war. Like, it definitely tracks like a lot of characters just have trauma and need therapy when they're just like 18 year olds going to war. Even before the war, though, like, I feel like a lot of uh, those blue lions still needed therapy. That's also fair. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. D- poor Dido. He. Oh, yeah. He went through well, a lot, too. Like, I think he's hand like. He's definitely handling it better than most, but, like, he could use therapy. Caspar's got daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I thought <sighs> Dido was dead. Like, when I did, like, the initial, like, act two of. of blue uh blue lines i i thought he was dead i was like oh shit like he's just dead Turns out he's yeah gone. they do a real good job of leading you into that and you're like well that's sad yeah you're like oh shit oh fuck <laughs> yeah they definitely kind of pull the wool over you on a couple of characters like this one's missing they're gone and it's like did they really die and it's like oh yeah. no they wouldn't do that they wouldn't kill some of these people off without like letting you see it <laughs> i mean <laughs> Maybe they did. <laughs> they had me in the first act. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. Gerald's death. 
Oh boy. Yeah, that uh, the I remember the first time I saw that, and I was like, "Well, I'm sad I wasted so many tea parties on him." Oh no! I just wanted to get closer to my father. I wasted. See other other JRPG trends. If there's like an older mentor type figure, they're gonna die. Like that's just they're just gonna die. And I was like. I was like, yeah, this dude's going to die. But I was not expecting him to die when it did happen. Yeah. On the plus side, if you play uh, Three Hopes, he lives. Well, hey, can live. Can, can live. If you're good or if like you choose story options then. So in Three Hopes... You don't play as Byleth, at least not at the beginning. You okay. you run into Byleth okay. and Gerald. So since you're playing as this other character, Shez, you can just straight up murder <laughs> Gerald. <laughs> so like you literally decide, do I want him to live? <laughs> I can just murder him. Is that a good idea if you want to eventually get Byleth? No. You probably don't want to marry Gerald. Or murder Gerald. <laughs> so wait. So uh, does, um, okay. Does Three Hopes take place before the events of Three Houses? It's an alternate timeline to of Three Houses. Okay, of course it is. Okay. <laughs> That's the only way that makes sense. That's the only way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're basically kind of playing through the same overarching events but you're playing at, from a character named Shez's point of view, and you intersect with Byleth. Uh, so instead of Byleth meeting the three house leaders, you meet the three house leaders instead, and you're going around with them. And so you do like your route with the different houses. But then at a certain point, Byleth is just hired on as a band of mercenaries because, because they're with Gerald. She did, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an alternate timeline if you were if Shez were around and Shez bumped into the house leaders instead of Byleth. Okay. Sure. That's <laughs> all right. That's and it's in the style of Dynasty Warriors where it's just hack and slash run through. <laughs> yeah. That's just that's just not canon at that point. <laughs> It was different. I, I did like do that. all six uh, storylines on that one. Because oh, there's each, each house each house has a different storyline, but it depends do you recruit Byleth or kill Byleth? Oh, like, okay. So you there's six storylines depending on if you're able to recruit or not. <laughs> that makes sense. So, yeah, there's a reason why I spent like 200 plus hours on that because I had to do it six separate times on different harnesses. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense now. That that's okay. 200 hours on that seems a lot more reasonable now. Yep. Cuz yeah, I probably spent like, I don't know, maybe 80 to 100 hours on three houses doing three storylines. So, yeah. Mhm. Mm and then at the end, having to do like a, I think I did 
like mostly of seventh playthrough on mm-hmm. like the hardest difficulty just so I could grind out the last few things I needed in terms of like <laughs> do this special task to get this. Yeah. So I am I'm not a, like I don't play Fire Emblem games on their hardest difficulty. It's just no longer fun for me. It's so hard to yeah, play I, it's just so not fun. I only did that on Dynasty Warriors be or like the Warriors version because yeah. it was just, you know, it, it's a very, it was a different play style. Like the only way I was able to like kill as many enemies is if I had the difficulty all the way up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when it came to like the other games, Engage, Awakening, God, Awakening was so freaking hard. Like I'm oh, glad yeah. I played it casually because I was just like. <laughs> Awakening okay. is really hard if you don't know what you're doing. And then if you do, it's super easy. Yeah, there was there was definitely a big learning curve. I was actually a little upset because I only did a singular playthrough of it. And mm-hmm. the only character, I think it's one of the very first characters that you can recruit. I didn't quite understand how that mechanic worked. And I killed Tharja. I killed Tharja right at the be- very beginning. No! So I didn't get Tharja and I didn't get her daughter. And Thor is like one of my favorite characters. Yep. My friend that let me borrow it was like, oh, you would have loved her. And I was like, you would yeah. have been nice to know hours ago before I murdered her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so after that, I played through a bit more carefully and might have Googled like how to recruit certain characters. Yep. So I didn't miss out on their storylines. Killing certain characters. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I forgot that's a thing you can do in a way. You could just accidentally kill characters who you can actually recruit. Yeah, just straight up Mark Tharja at the beginning. And I was just like, oh, wait a sec. Because I asked my friend, I was like, so how do I get her now? And she was like, you murdered her? And I was like, yeah, doesn't she join my party after you kill her? And they're no, like, no, she's, she's dead. dead. You killed her. <laughs> Come to find out when they die, they actually die. Yeah, almost like... <laughs> That's how the game works. That's how classic mode works. When they die, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, that was like, even in, it wasn't even just classic. Like, just because I didn't recruit her, I just killed her in the battle right. that yeah. would have let me recruit her. Yeah. Oops. Oops. <laughs> yeah. The first time I played Awakening, my older brother had played it. And so he was, like, telling me, like, tips and things on things to do and things to not do. Um, He was just like, please, dear God, whatever you do, have Chrom S support with someone, literally anyone before chapter 12 or 13 or whatever that that chapter is. I I think, um, I think at that part, you don't even have to have... If you if he's not as supported with someone oh, no, in he particular, should... he defaults to your main character. No, he defaults to a, I... he defaults to an unnamed villager, and that is the worst possible parent for Lucina. Really? Yeah. Okay, I must it's have. Nice. I guess I must have s supported at some point because er... I definitely did not know that, and I was just like, and then it was like all of a sudden like, oh, we're getting married, <laughs> like maybe we're having not... a kid. It's like maybe okay. it's not s support maybe it's just like highest rank support with mm-hmm. a female character i think that's it um that would make sense because i was like yeah. i i'm pretty sure i didn't have my stuff yeah, no, i i very much did not know what i was doing yeah okay yeah no s4 would not be would not be that um 
My favorite one to do with Crom is Olivia. And that's also the hardest one because you have to do it in that you get one chapter with Olivia and Crom before Crom marries someone. So you have that single chapter to to get him to a high support rank with her. Oh gosh, that does sound hard. Like how do you keep Crom like away from Robin or like other characters enough so they don't build support, but then also put yes, her- that's Ooh. yeah. But you get okay. maybe my favorite character in the entire game to use, which is uh, Olivia's child Inigo as Crom as his father, and that is the most fun character by far. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think. Oh, there was. It's been a minute since I've played Awakening, and I only did it the once. I'm trying to think of who my favorite character would have been. For some reason, I really liked the Batman-esque one that was always so moody and oh, had the yeah. mask on. Um, oh, no, I'm forgetting his name, too. I, I can't exactly think of his name, good. but... He's, he's the wise like... writer, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He always every time I look, I'm like, I'm Batman. That's all that went through so, my head. Like, he's so funny. I all he is a very funny character for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's so moody too. He's so moody. I try to who's my favorite character in Awakening, like personality wise. I don't know. I haven't played Awakening in forever. <laughs> Right, like I played it last year, and I'm still like, can't like off the top of my head think. Uh, I do like Mirabelle, or is it Mirabelle? Uh, Mirabelle, yeah. She's just so she's so mean. She's <laughs> such a bitch. <laughs> I love that and hate that about her, but I think I, I just, love it more. I just hate that about her. Even worse is that like her son is not even that good in battle. Brady is not good in battle. <laughs> nope. I'm trying to think. There's a... Oh, gosh. It's not one of the children, but the guy that... I think he's on a horse, but he's a sword. I like him, but he was always so worthless to me. <laughs> <laughs> which which character? Hold on. Guy with a horse with a sword. Wait. Frederick? No, I love Frederick. I love that man. I do love Frederick. I was about to say, Frederick, Frederick has a spear, though, I think. He has both a sword and a spear. Because he's a great knight. I think. That's true. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I love Frederick. I love... Uh, he, he's probably my favorite man from Awakening. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could go back and marry one of them, Frederick would be my go-to for, like... Just because he's so funny and yeah. I love that he posted like pictures of Crom and he's like, I don't understand what I did wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the most loyal he's, loyal dumb retainer that so, likes to clean. He's so loyal and stupid. And I, also I have a type. <laughs> as I said, this this once again, this tracks. You yeah. I don't know who I don't like. I just can't remember awakening characters again because it's been like seven years since I've played the game. Um, 
has it even been out? It's been out for seven years. I think it's definitely been out for seven years. Ah, Stall. Stall is the one I'm oh, thinking. Yes. Oh, Stall is great. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Stall a lot because he's also big dumb. He's he's also big dumb energy. Yeah. But then um, I guess the other one I was thinking, Virian. Virian was the sword guy that was useless mm. to me most of the time. Yeah, Virian's not good. <laughs> Virian is funny. He is not good. No, I I feel like I never took Virian on anything because I was like, you just all you do is die. I need someone that doesn't die. <laughs> also, like archers kind of suck in Awakening. They're really cool, but they kind of suck. And they're it's funny because you, you would have come from three houses where archers are just busted. <laughs> Yeah. Like, they, get, they were in three houses. You, you get close counters so easily, and then you just make them a sniper, and you get Hunter's Volley. And that's just, like, the most, one of the most broken combat arts in the game. Like, easy. Yeah. <laughs> Virian made me laugh a lot, but yeah, he didn't do a lot of work for me. Yeah. I guess talking about arts just reminds me of one of my other favorite characters from three houses. I love Shamir. Shamir is awesome. Again, one of those uh, lesbians that can murder you. Yes, exactly. See, <laughs> I have a type. <laughs> yeah, our types are becoming very clear the more we talk three or like Fire Emblem. Yeah, exactly. And that's the great part about Fire Emblem. There's like thousands of characters. Like there's just so many characters that it's just easy to be like, yeah, no, I like this, 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 and this character. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, they're all the same. They're the same character. Uh, that tracks. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, oh, love Shamir, love Edelgard, love Dorothea, love Hilda. Like, yes. It's been too long since I've played Fire Emblem. <laughs> I've not played Three Houses in several years. Might be time for a replay. <laughs> yeah, I could replay it. The, the problem I have with replaying Three Houses is Act 1 sucks. I hate Act 1. It's so bad. <laughs> And the fact that you just, you have to play it every single time is just really frustrating. Yeah, I completely <sighs> agree. Um, you know how I did six playthroughs, well, seven playthroughs of uh, Three Hopes? Yeah, is, is it the same thing? Oh no. You have to do the like introductory thing every single time. And it's like I know how to do combos. You don't I don't need a tutorial again, but there's yeah. no way to skip it. Yeah, that's that's just I that's like why I'm just like I that's why even like doing three playthroughs of three houses was hard because I'm like I just want to skip to act two of you know, Blue Lion. Like, by the time I got Blue Lions, because that was the third one I did, I was like, I just want to skip to Act 2. I don't, I don't care. Like, please, just... I don't want yeah, to no, go I, through Act I am right there with again. you. I, if they had, like, like, a, a, like a fast time. track, like, fast track me to Act 2, like, quality of life improvement so much. Yeah. I, like, the... The other problem with, like, doing that is, like, your characters have to be at a certain level and, like, like, a class or whatever like you you have to do it is the worst part and like that's like even worse you can't just like mindlessly do it you have to be like all right what what like 
proficiencies do I want to put my characters into? What classes do I want to class them into? It's just like, oh my god. Yeah, you have to take like so much care with every character, which I both love and hate that. It's like, I love it for the characters I really like. I hate it for the ones where I'm like, it makes me think of that Arrested Development meme where it's like, I love all of my children equally. And then the mom's just like, I don't care for Job. I don't care for Job. <laughs> yeah. And so like, it just makes me think of that with me and Fire Emblem where I'm like, I just don't care for this particular character. Yeah. I mean, the good part about Three Houses is you can recruit pretty much anyone you want easily enough that... Uh... Would you believe I have never recruited a character in any of the um, like three houses playthroughs what? I've done? I've I have strictly just done it only house characters. Not even you didn't even recruit Sylvain, who just automatically will switch to your house if you choose female Violet. Never, oh never God. did recruits. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, that does make it harder. Then that does make it quite a bit harder. Did you like recruit like the like professors or like the other like staff members of the church? Yeah, I, d- I did the I did the like professors and faculty. Okay. Um, but when it came to like recruiting other students from other houses, I you just couldn't nope. do it. Wow. I just I don't know. For me, I was just like, meh. We're just, you're just gonna go with your own house, and if I have to murder you, I have to murder you. <laughs> That's fair. That's- <laughs> this is. This is a, I don't know, like, this is the purest way. You're going to be a black, a black eagle or a blue lion through and through. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's fair. I remember the first time I played it, it was very funny because my younger brother, he had played the game. He'd gone to like, I think like maybe like chapter three or four um, before I started playing. And I Mm -hmm. chose, I chose black eagles. He chose gold. He chose golden deer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Took me a second to remember because I was I was like he did not choose whichever house Sylvain is in. And I was like I was trying to I was like is Sylvain Golden Deer or Blue Lions? And the reason I never remember is because Sylvain's recruitment requirement is choose female Violet. Like if you just choose female Violet, he can he you can recruit him with zero proficiencies, and it is so funny and so uncharacteristic. That checks out for him though. Like, exactly. That's the best part. Is is I, I told him, I was like, hey, yeah, I recruited Sylvain. He goes, didn't you like just start the game? I was like, yeah. He goes, how did you do that? I go, I don't know. He goes, wait, do you have, did you choose female by life? I go, yeah. He goes, oh. And, and he like paused. He goes, wait, that's so funny. <laughs> he was just like, this is so funny. Uh I mean, they, they've got the flavor down perfect for each of those characters. Like, they, yeah, they're little... each of those characters has so much personality. Even when it comes to, like, what gifts to give them, like... Yep. Yeah. It's so good. Like, I especially Especially love... with, like, Felix. I love giving Felix sweets. Yeah. He just likes sweets, does he? <laughs> No, he doesn't. Okay. I was like, hold on. <laughs> it makes me laugh though when I give Felix sweets. Oh my god. Okay, okay. This is a it's a for you thing. It does god. not improve your liking like likeness rating at all. Like Yeah. It, it gives you like the empty heart every time, <laughs> but I still do it. You still feel satisfaction from that empty heart. 
it just it makes me chuckle and that's all i need that's that's so fair yeah <laughs> felix is just another character i felix is a character that grew on me i was like i don't like this dude at first and i was like no this dude's okay like he, he's all right <laughs> He's just hurt, like he's the rest just, of them. Like the rest of his entire needs, house. He just needs the therapy. For real, Dimitri needs to just invest in like a house therapist, and I think so much, so much good would come out of it. I'm trying to think, who is like, is there anyone in Blue Lions who does not need therapy? Mercedes. Mercedes. Say, Mercedes she's not a man. Yeah, she's not. Well, like some of the female characters need therapy. Like Adelgard definitely needs therapy. Yeah, and that's got daddy issues. Yeah, um exactly. Like I think there's not very many. Like I think it's just Mercedes is like the one character who does not need therapy in Blue Lions. Yeah, because I was gonna say Ash definitely Ash, needs therapy. Ash definitely does. Dimitri definitely does. Dudu definitely need does. Um Sylvain probably, but like to better himself, not like for trauma reasons. Well, actually, no. Yeah, no. I was gonna hold on. No, 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 wait. No, never mind. I was gonna say, isn't Sylvain the one that has like yes, a bunch yes, of uh... yes, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I I realized that I was like, oh wait, never mind. <laughs> he did watch his brother die, turn or turn to a monster, and then die. Uh, yeah. Forgot no, I, I think every every man in the Blue Lion's house is traumatized in one way, shape, or form. Yeah. <laughs> that's just fire emblem. That's just fire emblem as a whole. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, then you, you just... got the golden deer, and you're like, most of them are fine. Most of them. Are, <laughs> that's true. Most of them. Most of the golden deer are fine. Um, who is the one golden deer who's not fine? Um. Probably Claude, to it's be honest. Claude, like, you know. Yeah. Like, dude's got a lot on his plate. <laughs> yeah, a lot of responsibility coming from, like, a foreign nation, but having to hide that side of yourself. Like, that has to. Ha There's got to be some identity issues and some trauma there to unpack. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, Claude definitely needs. Especially therapy. when you're, like, your country that you live in now is technically at war with the nation you're from. And yeah, yeah there's, and, there's gotta and be also some. At there's war there's with himself. Some... <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Adelgard. He's got a lot going on. <laughs> Thanks, Adelgard. I'm not gonna say what she did is right. Like, people, I've definitely had this conversation with people have been like, you support Adelgard? It's like, I don't support Adelgard as much as I oppose the church. I, I want to say that when I did Claude's playthrough, I think I ended up go, like siding with Edelgard or like, because I think at a certain point you can kind of decide, um, or maybe I'm getting this confused with hopes. Mm. I might be, I might be getting it confused with hopes because I know that there's a, a certain point that it's like you and Claude and Edelgard can kind of rally together. So. Okay, that's almost certainly hope. Maybe like in Three Houses you can like not kill Edelgard and just have her surrender maybe but I don't remember no I, I think I'm getting it confused with hopes okay. cause like I, I think you can rally with Edelgard as Claude in the hopes playthrough oh, okay. cause I don't that's, 
that's the team I of played the century it, I, right there. There's there's more happy and you get some happy endings and three hopes. Yeah, there's like I mean, depending on your definition of happy ending, every ending in Three Houses is a happy ending. Every For somebody. Every character, every the character you side with achieves their goal. There's a lot less murder happening in Three Hopes, though. That's. <laughs> I just said. The or there I can be. The, there can I, be less murder in Three Hopes. <laughs> I did not say the path to get to that happy to that ending was happy. I just said the ending itself was happy, you see. <laughs> yeah. I, you can decide to kill everybody in hopes, but you can also decide not to. <laughs> you you get the option. Yes. You're, 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 choose your own adventure. Do you want to be a murderer or do you not want to be a murderer? Fire Emblem games are great. <laughs> Fire Emblem games. I like... I have not talked to someone about Fire Emblem in a very long time. This was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to play Hopes again because I think I've still had my fill of that, but I'm going to do a Three Houses playthrough again soon. <laughs> yeah. If you can ever reborrow that 3DS, you you play you play you play Awakening again. But don't play Fates. If you do play Fates, definitely play Conquest cuz Birthright and Revelation are really bad but like fates is definitely the worst of um awakening and three houses like okay that's, that's not even I've like been... a, that's like a kind of general consensus opinion from what i've seen that's not even just a me thing that's just like a, yeah everyone thinks fates is bad <laughs> oh no i i believe that i've been kind of waiting to see if you know all of those nintendo directs if they're gonna announce like any old remasters because oh yeah i don't it'd be it'd be nice <laughs> it'd be yeah. nice to just get to play it on the switch instead of having to find old systems and the old games <laughs> yeah or just like make an em or like get an emulator or whatever like oh yeah i guess that is an option too yeah uh, i yeah, always I, forget that that's a thing you can do now oh yeah that's a <laughs> that's a thing you can you could you could be doing for like a decade at this point like I do remember playing some old, some of the old Pokemon games that way back in yep. uh, college. I, I was just about to say Pokemon because I that's how I played Pokemon Crystal and Pokemon um, Leaf Green uh, as a kid. So I I didn't own a game. I didn't own those games on the with the cartridges. So I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna play them on emulator. I did. I did have a uh, Leaf Green. With my cute little Game Boy Advance, but I don't think I've actually played a uh, like what is it, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. I don't think I've technically played those oh ones. You definitely should. That's those games are worth. Those games are so good. You should definitely play Heart Gold, Soul Silver for sure. Yeah, it it's weird because I had Leaf Green and I played it, and then I had. I actually I've played all three, both Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Because <laughs> I, I want to say that that generation is probably my favorite out of all of them. Like if we're talking like the old Game Boy version of Pokemon. Yeah. Um so like Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, I don't know. That one just that's probably my favorite. But I somehow managed to skip Heart Gold and Soul Silver somehow. <laughs> that's Yeah, those those two are those two are very good. Uh I only played Emerald. I never played Ruby or Sapphire. I just I just played Emerald. But Emerald rules. That game is awesome. 
I mean, it's basically all the same except for like what what legendaries you can catch. Yeah, I mean, Emerald is like slightly different. Like it, like you fight both Team Magma and Team Aqua. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, for the most part, they're mostly the same. Emerald is just better. Uh, but yeah, good old good old video games. Video games are great. Yeah, God, I love old video games. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for being on. This was a ton of fun just talking about Fire Emblem for however long that was. Yeah, no. A while. A while. <laughs> no, thank thank you for so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I, I had a great time too. And yeah, great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the listeners at home, where can people find you on the internet? All right, I am magic underscore Misha Migo on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, uh, pretty much all the socials. So if you just look that up, uh, you should be able to find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on again. Uh, Thank you.